Hey folks, Joe here. Just a quick note, this episode's going to feel a little different than you're used to. Generally, we like to record in single long chunks, so we get a nice conversational flow going, but Vito's out of town all week, so we weren't able to do that. Instead, we had some pre-recorded segments for you. That being said, we still have a pretty fun episode coming up. We're going to start with Vito and myself talking about the Google's Project Stream and transition from there into the digital media future in general. Christian joins us about halfway through that conversation. After that, we have an interview with guest star of last episode, John McBoosh Nelson, who tells us what it's like life is like on the professional rodeo circuit. And then we finish up with a in-depth chat, Christian and myself, about the NFL trade deadline. And we finish up with our picks for the NFL playoffs, which this chat was recorded last week in the Some of our choices already aren't looking so good, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. Before we get started, I do want to mention that we do have a merch store now. You can find it at cafepress.com slash beefyboysmerch1. I know that's a really unwieldy link. I'm working on it. I'll put a link to it in the description, though. You get all kinds of fun stuff on there, coffee mugs, uh, pint glasses. We even have shirts for dogs and humans. I guess. I think there's a baby onesie in there, too. All sorts of fun stuff, all right? So, yeah, without further ado, let's get started. Vito and me with Christian joining a little later, talking about Project Stream and the digital future. All right, everybody. Hi, this is Joe. I got Vito here with me. Hey, hey. And we wanted to talk about... Uh, video games and the digital versus physical media debate. Don't know how much of a debate it really is, but this topic came up because I am a big Assassin's Creed fan, and a few weeks ago, while I was waiting for Red Dead to come out, I was between games trying to spend, you know, a few days figuring out what I was going to play, and I really wanted to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but I didn't want to pay full price for a game I wasn't going to get much time in before it was Red Dead times, you know? So I found out that Google was running this <coughs> beta test for this thing they have called Project Stream. Now, Vito, are you at all familiar with Project Stream at all? Uh, not really, no. Well, so basically it's, I like to call it Netflix for video games. They, I mean, it runs like Netflix. You're streaming from a remote server, I believe, located in Mountainside, California, and you're playing the game in real time. And like other companies have tried to do this before on live and PlayStation now are the most famous. And the biggest problem with a program like this, as opposed to something like Netflix is when you have an interactive medium, like a video game, you can't have any input lag, you know, like if I'm playing an action game and I press shoot, my character doesn't shoot for half a second. Well, that's a problem, you know? So everyone was really skeptical about this Project Stream thing, but I tried it out. I have a 2015 MacBook I run it on, and it doesn't tax at all. It's literally, you just go to the URL, you click the button, and you just launch it up. They do require that you have a super fast internet connection, which I do. I have a gigabit connection at home, and it can use up to 200 megabits of data per second, which is a lot, especially if you have a data cap, but it's amazing. It's smoothless, it's beautiful, and like... Excuse me. I don't necessarily have state-of-the-art technology, but like it doesn't tax my system at all. Like YouTube videos put more of a strain on my laptop than this <laughs> does sometimes, you know? It's crazy. And I feel like this is the future, you know? And Vito, you're primarily a PC gamer, right? Yeah. So you're a Steam guy? Yeah. I remember using, um, I, I had streamed for, uh, uh, using a Steam, uh, the Steam app. 
like the Steam Link. Is that what they call it? Uh, I I don't remember what they what they call it necessarily because it mm-hmm. kind of happened automatically because I was logged into the same account on two computers. Okay. Um, but I I logged in on my laptop and it said, "Oh, did you want to uh, run this through your desktops like systems?" I was like, "Oh, well, sh- sure." And so everything ran like way smoother and like higher graphics and stuff. Just oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so you you were playing it. On your laptop? On my laptop. But it was using the desktop and it power. Was, but it was using the desktop power, yeah. And Over I, the think, w- I think it was uh, playing the game on both displays as well. Okay. Okay. Um, That's cool. But yeah, I had it hooked up to my, my laptop, hooked up to my TV and like wireless. Um, Were they on the same Wi-Fi network? Stuff. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, no, c- well kind of. My... Uh, my computer is hooked up directly to okay. the, well, yeah. the system, and then it's hardwired. The Wi-Fi okay. is the yeah, the laptop. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now picture that if it's like I mean I've seen people running it on like a two hundred dollar Chromebook. They're yeah, running you know totally. a modern video game. It's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. So, anyways, if you want to check that out, I think they're still taking people, and they'll give you Assassin's Creed Odyssey for free. You can play it until January, which was the whole reason I signed up. Um, yeah, just Google Google's. Google Google's project stream and there's a real quick sign up form. You need a Google account, but I think just about everybody also, has. Also, uh, provide a link in the description. Oh yeah, I'll I'll toss a link in the description below. I'm not sure they're still looking for signups, but from there we wanted to move on to you know the digital future in general. So, me personally, I try. I'm a minimalist when it comes to media clutter. You know, I don't feel. I mean, I say that, but I recently bought a record player. But that's a whole other debate <laughs> altogether. I don't feel the need to own DVDs anymore, and I want my video game collection to be the same way. And I feel like, as a society, in almost every other form of media, like no one owns music anymore, they just use Spotify. No one owns DVDs anymore, they just use Netflix. So why is it that in the video game space specifically, there are so many holdouts who insist on physical copies. Like, I, it boggles my mind. I think personally that it's... Uh, my opinion on that is that it's probably very much the 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 culture of video games. Yeah. Where we're, you know, fans, right? And so we want to have, like, stuff that shows what we like. And so we'll have figurines and all this other kind of nerd shit... And so often we'll have like a shelf somewhere that has all our our games displayed, and um, so it's, it's more about like the display of the, of it, and mm-hmm. more, maybe even making the um, a, like a gaming environment like mm-hmm. a lot lots of people uh, really like game rooms where they have like mm-hmm. th- this is their their room where they have the setup and they have all their like nerd shit everywhere and and. Yeah, I I get the collector aspect, and I can see the appeal of maybe having, like, some cool figurines. I mean, I think aesthetically video game cases are pretty ugly. It's (laughs) literally just, like, the name of the game on the spine of a thing. And so, like, I don't really see that appeal, but this is from a guy I have two and a half bookshelves of board games I almost never play. So I really can't talk shit about the collecting (laughs) aspect there. I understand. The one that gets me is... um, so a lot of people say they like the physical version for the resale value. And, like, I just I don't understand, you know, oh, that. Oh, yeah. So I, I heard uh, from my friend that one of the nice things about getting a physical copy is that you can pay, like, 
less for like a used copy and then you can bring it back and get even more money back for it. So if you are pl- going to play a game but you don't necessarily want to keep it forever. Um, yeah. Uh, so especially with like smaller games that aren't like main titles that you want to like keep and play forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that you could just like go in get it kind of cheaply and then come back with it and like sell it back used for like credit or whatever. 25 cents of you i'm assuming you're talking about GameSpot or stop rather yeah GameStop. I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's not i'm not saying like 25 cents like sometimes they'll even just like trade other games in or like so so you, you get like basically a, a free credit of games for buying one really cheap used game or something yeah but with that being the case too there's also like the um the charity thing um, where you like donate and they have sure. like, a bunch of indie games. Sure. So like uh, you can get there's tons of and and then like Steam always has sales and stuff. So mm-hmm. there's always ways to get like really cheap or like free games. Well, these yeah, days and anyway. I feel like if we eliminated the physical storefront, like the games would get cheaper. You know, like there's yeah. no reason if you take manufacturing costs out entirely it will be cheaper to produce and manufacture when literally all you're doing is copying a file. Yeah. And I definitely understand. I used to be like that I, back in the PlayStation 2 days when you didn't have a choice. But, like, video games are a form of art, okay? And media forms do not... The, the, the physical disc has no inherent value. It's the files contained on the disc. Therefore the resale value should be the same. If you're purchasing a movie ticket, you don't get to resell the ticket after you saw the movie. You experience the thing it, you thought was worth the amount you paid for it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like morally opposed to the, the basic idea of reselling media because it like, I, maybe I'm just high fluid and I understand I'm privileged in that I can afford to buy games full price. But at the same time, like you're not entitled to play everything you want, you know, like, yeah. And like the me- the digital future is coming. So hold on to your butts for it. You're not going to stop it from happening. Like I said, it's happened in every other form of media. So I understand broadband internet caps are a problem and the infrastructure of internet especially in the United States is not good enough to handle these 100 gigabyte downloads, but I just, you know, I I see I I follow a lot of these big like internet groups reddits and stuff and so many people on like the red dead reddit were just complaining about their amazon pre-order getting delayed till like december and i'm like this is why you buy digital and then they come at me like well then i can't resell it i'm like well if you're worried about the resale price you if if you want to invest in the physical reasons because you want the resale value you can't complain when the fact that it's physical causes an unexpected delay like you know get out of here with that shit you know (laughs) So you're saying that, like, physical discs... We're joined by Christian now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, joined by me. Welcome, Um, uh, Christian, to the show again. He's he's back in here, and he's going to pop in and give us some I'm just going to pop in and give my two cents. So you think think that physical video games are going to be obsolete as a... As a whole in the upcoming future? I mean... How far far along do you think is going to be until they stop making, like, physical discs of video games. I think, well, they still make CDs. So when yeah. they stop making the physical discs altogether is probably a long ways off. 
But when the primary way of consuming it is almost entirely digital, like the Microsoft tried to do it with the Xbox One and the internet and melted down about it. But all that stuff they were doing, they were right. Like that's how people consume media in 2018, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, in fact, I think it's ma- mainly the way already, and these are just kind of like holdout people who like are stuck in their old ways, kind of thing. Uh, you might be right. Like I said, I am yeah. deeply involved in these communities, and that is really where I see it. But like, GameStop still exists. You know, like Sam Goody doesn't exist anymore. Tower Records is out of business. There's no physical media store that just sells DVDs anymore. You know. So, but I'm getting I'm getting hints that that places like GameStop are starting to hurt. Yeah. They're starting yeah. to they're starting to slowly no. dissipate. And I think it's honestly, why wouldn't you just buy the game from your console and have it on your hard drive exactly. always? Yeah, that's exactly. right. You can re you can reinstall it, uninstall it, do whatever the fuck you want with it, and it's on your hard drive. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about the game getting damaged. You don't have to worry about it getting lost. You have it on a hard drive. And I'm pretty sure that if you buy something in like the the Microsoft or like the Xbox Marketplace, it stays within your account. So mm-hmm. if you switch, if you if your console gets broken or you switch to a different console, it's all in your Xbox For account, the most like your Microsoft part. account. There are I a think. few examples where like music licenses expire, so things get pulled. And then when the Tiger Woods license expired, all everyone who owned a Tiger Woods game just didn't own it anymore because they weren't allowed to use the his likeness anymore but in general yes that's the way it is and i think that with with it being like that i haven't gone and physically bought a video game since i bought my xbox one you know and that was when they gave me madden 15 and they gave me uh they gave me uh sorry dying light so they gave me two two of those games for buying the xbox yeah but now it's like you go and you buy your Xbox, you don't get a free game anymore. Yeah. It's like you spend $500 and you get an upgraded controller, but you don't get any free games. And that's going to be like slowly the reason why people are going to start buying their Xboxes on Amazon, getting it shipped, and then just buying all their games through their console because they don't have to go deal with those guys yeah. at GameStop. They don't have to drive to the store. They don't have to like resell their games and worry about the value being GameStop value. Those guys will fucking strip every yeah. value of a game right out of the right out the gate. And I know? don't want to get into like I mean GameStop is an evil corporation. They do a lot of really shady shit, you know. So like I don't think they should be supported at all and yeah. they're the ones who make all the money off those used game sales. None of that goes to the original artist as intended and you hear about these game studios that are getting closed down all the time making video games is really fucking expensive so like support artists buy new and stop reselling like yeah you don't own like i said you're a consumer of an art form and it's not a physical art form like you literally bought a copy of a file you really shouldn't have the right to resell that yeah for a profit you know like that at least that's my opinion on it like if you're if you're donating it whole different thing yes. you know because people will take their cd collection that's already put into their computer into their itunes they don't need the cds anymore they don't need to worry about the cd getting scratched up and, or lost just like video games mm-hmm. But they'll pack it up in a big box and they'll take it to places like Value Village or Goodwill mm-hmm. or they'll give it to, you know, they'll give it to their friends. And that should be the way that games are dealt with as well. But I think the problem is with these games is when you put them on a console. Now, this I might be wrong about this. I'm not too informed on it. If you 
download a game on your console and you try to give it to somebody else, it's does it still work on somebody else's console or do you have to uninstall? I don't, I don't think it does. I think it's it's not worked like that for it a while. Depends. I know in the PlayStation Network, if you log into your PlayStation account, you can download it on I think five consoles. Mm, okay, but there is a I, limit. I so right. there are definitely people out there, you know, shadier people who share PlayStation names so they can just buy a fifth as many games and play five times as many as they pay for. But mm-hmm. I'm not endorsing that either. I yeah. <laughs> so I think we're all in agree that, you know, digital media is the way to go. I think but so. If you're a listener out there and you're a real hardcore about your discs, write in. Let us know, huh? Because vinyls, certainly... vinyls, I have well, a different yeah. take on, like, a collection of vinyls is more personal than a collection of video games but we that's just from my that standpoint earlier. that that's a whole different can of worms yeah yeah, uh, yeah outside yeah. of you know specifically vinyl yeah coming in tuning in late i didn't know you like, guys were you talking can about obviously it. hear the difference between um devices that you record onto like a vinyl yeah. or i remember wa- watching this video on this really 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 old uh recording system that used like beeswax or something damn <laughs> well, and Vinyl's got a lot of cool they're shit. They're retro, you know, so they're cool looking. Like, I know that well, like no, no, cassette no, tapes that. are making a comeback, which I think is <laughs> ridiculous. But, like, if you had a collection of, like, original NES cartridges, that would be cool. But, I, like I said earlier, I feel like a collection of modern, like, plastic cookie cutter game cases is hideous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think it's... And, and not, not only... It's tacky. Yeah. Not only that, but I also feel like when it comes to the audio of things, when it like music and stuff like that, the the there's more of a reason for it because depending on what um, like material you're you're recording onto, the sound does actually change. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's noticeably warmer when you're listening to vinyl versus yeah yeah. Which I mean, again, like I've never listened to like Kesha on vinyl, so I can't <laughs> get into but, that. But like, you know, yeah, I mean, Paul I have, Simon you know, I have my my digital library of music through Spotify, mm-hmm. and it sounds great. Oh yeah, you know, it's music, and you have good headphones. It sounds great. Yeah. But then I also have my record player upstairs in my room, and that's where I have like some of my older country country albums, like yeah. you know, Chris Christopherson's The Silver or The Silver Tongue Devil, and I like that in a vinyl. It's per, you know, it's it's like a, it's personal. I had that vinyl as a kid, and it it got destroyed in a flood in my house. So I went out and found another one and bought it, and it's it brings me back. You know, it just brings yeah. me back to when I was a kid and growing up listening to this music, and that's more personal to me than like collecting, like you said, te- like green or blue yeah. game cases. Oh yeah, when you get into the like greatest hits and it's just a different color, like silver and oh, shit. It's yeah, it's it's. <laughs> It's tacky as fuck. Like booger green they had on the PS One. Oh my god, that was hideous. <laughs> so who came up with that idea? <laughs> yeah. And so it's almost like you. And plus, it takes up storage that you don't really need to fucking have. And it just takes it up just so that you could say, "Look at how many games I have." But you know, you go upstairs. Yeah. You go upstairs. You turn on my Xbox. I have seventy-five games in my fucking library, and. Guess where all of them have, are stored? I have two hundred and eighty, but yeah. Well, I get I get hooked. I get hooked on my games, and I stay on them for a while. Like I'll yeah, I'll buy a call. Too. I'll play. I'll bl- I'll buy a Call of Duty and play that for a good year, no, and then God. you know I didn't get Black Ops Four yet, but I will. But anyway, but it's like that. I have seventy five games, and I have no 
tacky setup for it. I mean, yeah, I have a few physical copies of games, but those are in my room. And they're in, like, yeah. a cabinet, and I don't ever fucking pull yeah. them out unless I'm playing the game. And it's also, I know, like, you know, not everyone, like, we all live in apartments in a major city, so we're always cramped for space, you know? If you own a three-bedroom house and you want to just have one room filled with DVD cases, yeah. more power to you, but... I get it. I People get hooked onto their collections, and it's not a problem. It's not, you know, it's not like, oh, you need to, like, grow up or whatever. It's yeah. not like that. I, I mean, whatever... You f- floats your boat. Yeah, whatever floats your boat, whatever, whatever makes you, yeah. Do you, you know, by all means, do you. But I'm just saying from a personal standpoint, I could not have like a fucking bookcase full oh, of game no. cases yeah. or like game boxes. I just can't do it. I even live in a house and I still fucking don't have room for like my two feet. Right. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, the last, sorry, the last physical game that I got for the Xbox was NHL, um, the, the newest one. I think it's 18. 18 or whatever. Yeah. 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 So it's NHL 18 and it's, uh, oh no, sorry, 19. NHL 19, I believe. Okay. I'm already fucking up on this one. So we'll just, we'll delete this. No, I, I actually bought a physical, I bought Yakuza 6 because during uh, Prime Day I got it for like 20 bucks instead of 50 or whatever it was on the position. But that's the only one. And like I said, I have almost 300 digitally. So. Yeah. Yeah, like I think we as the Beefy Boys support the digital revolution. So. I do. I do. I support it. Let's, I support uh, it. Let's stop there. Um, all righty. So, so... Booge, since we have you on the show, your your sport is rodeo. You're you're an athlete in the whole rodeo realm. But you're as as far as I know, you're just sort of like still in the process of like you're kind of new, correct? Um for bulls I'm new. For I do something called bareback bronx and I've been on quite a few, so I don't consider myself new for that because usually the new people tried a couple of times and quit so at this point i'm a veteran at that so which one is more dangerous bulls or bareback that's the big argument in the whole rodeo realm a bunch of people argue so for some backup info i'm assuming most people won't know what bareback is bulls everyone knows you get on a bull you try to hold on for eight seconds bareback bronx is what i do you put a this big heavy leather handle pretty much just a handle on the horse nothing else you lay down on the horse and you try to hold on with your arm. You have to tape it up so nothing comes out of your arm, like tendons and stuff. Jesus. And um, you take a beating. So the arguments for both sides is during the process of bull riding, well, not during the process, but after you're more likely to get hurt because it might attack you. Stomp on you yeah. or get Gory you on the ground. For right. instance, I got a broken rib from it. Right. But um, damn. <laughs> from bareback bronx, it's not as much... In the moment when you get hurt, its terms are much more long-term because you're laying there, taking the beating, and then you're most likely are going to fall off a horse that's way taller than a, a bull. So hmm. I was going to say, falling from a horse, yeah. I mean, that's no People small die deal. People yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you're, you know, you're falling from... From something that's like six feet up, yeah, seven feet, sure. but you're falling on your on your back or on your arm without having the chance to like get into like a fetal position to get to approach the ground. So you're just flying off this fucking horse and hitting the deck. Are these horses like trained to try and buck you oh, off? Yeah. Are they, they are raised 
to buck. That, that's why they're called wild horses because okay. they're not domesticated. But it's more than that because, as you just mentioned, they're raised to do what they do. Okay. The average horse, it has they're born knowing how to buck, and they'll give you a little buck. But they're they're athletes, right? Just like in okay. every other sport. I'm just thinking, like, if you put someone on a bull, a bull is not the, an animal that typically gets ridden, so it's naturally going to try and buck you off. But right. like, horses do get ridden all the time, so, you know. Um, yeah, it just comes to being raised. Okay. And so you do, you do rodeo through your school, correct? Yeah, and um, during summers I do it through – well, I'm trying to do it through Pro, Pro West. I only did uh, two rodeos last So year. is that kind of like the freelance of – of rodeo like it's like it's you're like not you're not local. with your school you're yeah. local right 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 it's mm-hmm. like a community a community event that you can join in on yeah it will you can still it, it's still considered professional mm-hmm. it's like it's like the thunderbirds to hockey okay. you know, right you're not right, going to okay. call them professional but it's part of it it's not really too amateur it's still it's professional but it's not like the major leagues or yeah right yeah. right right yeah. Okay, that makes that makes sense. So uh, and then and you so Central Washington has like a full on rodeo team, correct? Yeah, that is pretty cool. That I mean, I, I mean cool. that's a rodeo team is pretty like I, I just love the idea of bringing that sport. You know, like actually making it known that this sport is top notch. Yeah. You know, like these guys they they put their life on the line. You know, Booge, you and your and your buddies. You guys put your life on the line every time you get into that shoot with the horse. What's that? What's the feel? What, what's the feeling leading up to it? What's it like when you're actually in the shoot on top of the horse? So give me a rundown with that. Okay, so, um, ooh, it it's hard. So during the week, you're pretty confident. You have to have a semi-confident mind. You can't be thinking, "I'm going to get hurt." I'm sure all of you know that's not the mindset you want. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's always in the back of your head, and um. So you get ready and you're fine, but the minute you walk up, so I got all my gear, I got my chaps, my vest, I wear a cowboy hat for um, the Bronx, for bulls I wear a helmet, and um, you get up there, you start strapping on, and I can tell you I go from calm to full shaky hands, (laughs) and um, for instance, the last um, horse I got on, she was kicking inside the chute, she would just give a little kick, Oh shit! and right there I was like, oh no. Uh, this might not be good. So it's scary. And then you get on, you have to let the horse know you're coming on. You horses spook easy. I'm not sure if you guys have any time They're they're They get spooked easy. So rub the back, say you talk to it. Hey, I'm coming on. You step on with your foot, you grab the sides of the chute, and then you slowly go down sitting on it. You kind of have to angle yourself. If you sit straight on it, the off chance that it starts freaking out, you're going straight down, but if you're on the side, you can kind of get off. You have some wiggle room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, would you rather you want to fall off the side instead of the back? Is that the? Well, well if it's in the chute, you want oh. anything to stop you from okay. being stuck. Right. Yeah. So, um, then as I said, I I prefer Bronx. That's what I love doing. Um, bareback Bronx, and so there's a handle, and your gloves made to hold your hand in there, and then you put rosin on it, which sticks your hand to it. So you shove that in, and you start pulling your hand, making sure it won't come out. And that's when you're like, if it flips over, it's not good. But you usually don't think about flipping over. You're like, I just need to get ready as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty much, I, um, you put your ass on your hand. You lay down on it. You put your ass on your hand, balls above your fist. 
and <laughs> you squeeze on tight, and you can't have your arm straight. You need to ha- kind of have it bent and flex because okay. you don't want it to be extended. Then pulls you off. You need to be ready, and then you raise your hips. So your hips should essentially be above your head or try to. Okay. And you lay down, put your hand behind your head. You look at them and you nod and opens it. And then sometimes they hesitate, but once they get going, they're going. And your only mind is, oh, fuck, I need to hold on. I need to hold on. All fear goes away. And then um, when you get bucked off, it, it's the strangest feeling. Everything slows down. And um, I remember one time... It bucked me off. I started going over its head. I was like, oh, fuck. I need to stop from going over its head. So I kind of lean my body to the side. I get my hand, try to touch it. I'm not sure if I did. It, it's still fast and mm. goes offside. But um, one thought you do have is please don't get stuck. I can um, find a video to share on Instagram to show someone getting hung up. Oh, and that's you're geez. just stuck on the side of a horse. Your hand's... In I'm assuming it's broken. Position. I'm assuming you break your hand if you get stuck. And it, it's common. You're to on break the side. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's nuts. But See, that's a that's crazy. an extreme. I would consider rodeo to be an extreme sport. It, like it definitely is. But there's more than just people like seeing the rough stock riding, which is riding involved the wild animals. But that's only a small part. There's there's a lot more. There's like barrel racing where girls race for horse fast and then um yeah i, I remember that when we went up there yeah it, there's a lot to it but for sure everyone comes down mm-hmm. for that's the attention for the grabber yeah bull riding and stuff. yeah how i remember you get into rodeo where how did this i i understand central washington yeah. as a team but you know my my college had an ultimate frisbee team i didn't just decide to yeah. become a frosher or whatever no <laughs> yeah that makes sense for sure um well, first off, I want to start this. There's this one quote I heard in a documentary. You don't just wake up and decide you're going to ride a bull. You know someone who rides a bull, and that's how you get I into see. it. So um, one day at school, I decided, you, you know what? I want to try out the cowboy look. I'm going to wear a cowboy hat. I wear a cowboy hat, and this guy asked me, he's like, oh, are you in rodeo? I was like, no. He said, oh, well, we have a team. Do you do anything? I was like, no, but sign me up. I'm ready. So I kind of shadowed the team for a year, figuring out what I wanted to do, and um. I don't own a horse, so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to do the stupid things and ride wild animals. And <laughs> uh, after stocking up on all of that gear, I finally got into it. it it's hard to get into. <laughs> I that bet. Is, that is the greatest origin story I've ever heard. <laughs> I wanted to wear a cowboy hat so I would look cool, and the rodeo guy was like, you want to do rodeo? And I was like, okay. Well, sign me up. <laughs> Why not? He was out there looking like Marty Robbins. He's, <laughs> yeah, pretty geez. much. He wearing the 10-gallon Stetson, and he wanted a horse that's made of steel. That's right. Um, yeah, I remember when we went out, we took a, a day trip up to Ellensburg to see you you know, do the bareback, and... The, the atmosphere of the rodeo was so much fun. You know, you get, like, the whole town just kind of, like, rallies together, and they all go to this event. And you have the, you know, the, the races, the barrel races, just a lot of fun. And I think a big part of the rodeo is the announcers as well. Like I remember when you and I went to PBR, the announcer and the rodeo clown were, like, a big part of, like, the event. Mm-hmm. They kind of tie it all together. And that announcer... When I think somebody got, they got bucked off their horse like immediately. He hits the deck and the and the, <laughs> and the announcer goes, "Yep, yeah, that 
that um, that horse done bucked the corn out of his turd. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And he also brought in he, – he rallied everybody together before the national anthem, and it was probably the most emotional national anthem I think I've ever sat through because – he he brought in it's everybody you know we mm-hmm. we're we're a nation we love each other and he made us know that you know and i think that that was like part of the the experience the rodeo experience the announcer bringing everybody together and making everybody know that we are a family you know every, we're all a family here and that was like one of the best national it, it brought it brought, you know, my brother almost into tears, brought, you know, your brother almost into tears. And, and it, it really struck a chord. So going back on that, what, so at that event, a horse flipped over in his cage, but there was no, there was no rider on it, but the horse flipped over. I think you were telling me about somebody who had, who was on the horse when it flipped over. Tell oh, me a little bit about that. So, um... The big league for rodeo is called the PRCA, and um, I may say his name wrong, but it, I think it's J.R. Verzane, something like that. He's one of the top 15 in the world for doing what I do, bareback Bronx. And um, recently, a freak accident, I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure it flipped on top of him in the cage. I assume he got his hand in so he couldn't get out, and he's messed up. He can't walk or anything, but luckily, he's on... Um, a quick road to recovery, and if anyone's interested in donating money, they have a bunch of donations to help him get back to health. Um, just look up J.R. Verzane, and um, you'll be able to find it. They're, they're everywhere. But um, I, I don't know much other than that, but he's on a good recovery route. That's he's good. He's starting to move his legs. He seemed to have a pretty positive outlook. He posted some videos pretty funny. So when you, um, when you ride a bronchi, are said to spur them because you move your legs in a kicking motion into its neck and then back in the neck and it's called spurring them. So he posted a video recently of he can barely move his legs. He moved it up like half an inch and down twice. He was like, yeah, I'm spurring it for 90, which 90 is an incredible store score. So yeah, he's on the road to recovery. He's doing good. Hopefully still. That's good. We'll put the, we'll put the link to, to his uh, recovery fund in our, in our in the description, um, of, the in the description yeah. of the website. Um, so another question I have for you. So every athlete has kind of like a ritual, like a pregame ritual. So what's your what's your go to ritual? What do you do before you head to the event, or even when you get to the event? What do you do before you get on your you know get on your wild animal? Okay, so usually you start with the drive. So I'm driving there, and I have a rodeo playlist, and it features some of my um favorite singers who did rodeo so it's that much more meaningful it's um this guy cody johnson he used to ride bulls chris ledoux he used to do what i did and some other people and then um some other songs about rodeo usually listen to that i get there and i'm always the first event so i get set up usually during the national anthem and prayer they still do prayer they do yeah i remember that yeah so I get set up during that, so I kind of miss those things, so I don't get the experiences the fan would get of the, um, um, I'm going blank on the term, but of them talking, I guess. And um, so I get ready. I start with, um, I put, um, you know those football pads, like the bubbly ones? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, like thigh pads. Thigh yeah. pads, yeah. So I put that on under my pants, 
pull up my pants. I put on a, I switch boots. I have a specific pair I wear. You have to put a, there's a leather rope that you tie your boot on because cowboy boots, they don't have strings and they can get yanked off. So you tie that on, you put your, well, you put your spurs on, then you tie them on. I get my neck roll ready. It's very important for bareback to have a, a neck roll that keeps your neck from moving too much. Put my, get my vest loose, get my glove nice and rosined up, get my, um, pretty much everything that needs rosining. Have the, um, go to the fence, prepare my rigging. That's what the handle's called. Move it on, go to the horse, let it know you're there, put it on. And, um, then at that point, you chill when it's on. They start singing the national anthem. All the girls start going in with the flags. And then that's the, I call it the old, oh shit moment. Like, this is <laughs> it's, real. It's happening. Yeah. I can tell you a good 50% of the time, I'm like, I don't want to get on now. Uh. Like, I'm ready to get on until that moment. And, um, and then I try to zone out to a song. I close my eyes, do a little, I guess, half-ass dance and i usually sing the song down here by the turnpike troubadours great song shout out to that band and um and then i get on and i already explained what it was like getting on yeah well that's fun man i mean that's that's a that's a whole different sport that you know having you in that it's great to know more about it you know because i know you know we didn't know much about rodeo growing up, right? Just because oh, we nothing. never did that shit. But you getting into it just out of the blue, it's a whole new sport to focus on and follow. And when we went to PBR, that was the shit. And the next time it's in town, I'm going again. You can't beat it. I mean, it's it's just like NASCAR, but but it's it's rodeo because you got the the national anthem, you got the prayer, you you bring in everybody, everybody's drinking beer, having fun. It's great. It's a great time. It's a great sport. And if you ever have the chance to go see a rodeo in person, highly recommend it. It is great. And Booge, I just want to, or I just want to thank you so much for coming in on the show and, and joining us and getting involved and letting us know a little bit more about the rodeo lifestyle that we're not accustomed to here in the city. Yeah, it's been very informative for sure. It, it was. It, it was. It was great. I just want to thank you, and we'll let you um, we'll let you take off now because you got to ride a bull tomorrow morning. So, God bless you, man, and I'm I'm proud of you. That's all I can say. I'm oh, real proud of you. Thank you. Thanks and, for uh, having me. The show it's been fun recording the last episode and being part of this one too. So thank you for that too. Right on. Being part of the Beefy Boys Club. Beefy, Beefy Boys, Boys Bud. Beefy Club. Boys Bud Club. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right, so we we do, I don't know if we brushed up on it. We might have like have have given off hints about getting into the trade deadline, but the yeah, uh, NFL NFL trade NFL trade yep. deadline right. And um, a couple weeks ago, Carlos Hyde was traded to uh, Jacksonville right before their London game, and that just to me out of the blue. I didn't I don't know what they were doing doing that because with him in the offense and with Baker Mayfield, I feel like after a little while they're going to be able to gel and start clicking and maybe pull off a few more wins. Well, I think it was um my understanding was John Dorsey, the GM of Cleveland wanted Nick Chubb to get more playing time because every time he touches the ball, he does something amazing and Right. Todd Haley, before both Todd Haley and 
Hugh Jackson got fired, they were having a lot of spats and they just were refusing to play Nick Chubb. So John Dorsey just said, fuck it, and up traded his ass straight yeah. up. And he went to, yeah, he went to Jacksonville for, for a fifth round to, pick, yeah. Hasn't been able to pr- produce the numbers he was putting up in Cleveland or in um, San Francisco. But. With that being said, I think I think Carlos Hyde will be able to find his stride in Jacksonville. Maybe not, you know, this week. Maybe closer towards the end of the season when he's more familiar with the play style. And so, while that happened, the the Raiders decided to trade Amari Cooper to Dallas, and Dallas traded a first round pick for Amari Cooper. What do you What do you think about that? That's absurd. I don't. I, I feel like Amari Cooper is still gliding on his Alabama reputation. He has not done anything worthwhile in the NFL. Like he had that one game last year. He had the Pro Bowl season his rookie year. Yes, and other sure. than that, his his productivity has just been. But declining. what have you done for me? Wide receivers are a dime a dozen, man. Like yeah. again, he had that one game last year. Like like two hundred yard, two touchdown game. But since then, man, he just he doesn't do anything. And I know that the Cowboys needed a receiver, but like. First round picks are valuable, and you couldn't get anyone better than Amari fucking Cooper. Yeah, and this All might right. be an unpopular opinion, but not only do they need a wide receiver, they need a quarterback too. <laughs> you know, to my you don't think I the Dak attack is the answer. Not <laughs> at all. The <laughs> yeah. problem is, is when you have a when your quarterback is going out there with that offensive line that Dallas has, and he's only putting up, you know. 176 yards with one touchdown, one interception, not not good. You know, you throw any other quarterback and like a dynamic quarterback, like let's say let's throw Deshaun Watson behind that offensive line. Yeah, what do you think he would be able to do? Yeah, you know he'd be able to work wonders. Or you know even Russell Wilson, you put Russell Wilson behind that offensive line, and he's got all the time in the world. And with that being said, the Seahawks offensive line is starting to form into. Uh, like a yeah, and like a elite offensive line. They've been playing like it for the last recent weeks, but I think it's crazy to trade your first round pick for Amari Cooper. No way, no way at all. I, I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I just don't see why they would do that. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Amari Cooper really hasn't shown that he's worth a first round pick and I think you're right he's riding on his Alabama reputation absolutely man and this is interesting Golden Tate traded to Philly like the day after they played the Seahawks so you think about it if he wasn't I mean granted he had to deal with KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner in the middle of the field and that's never easy and you know, it, it opened up for Marvin Jones to have the day that he had, but Golden Tate was still catching passes in the middle of the field. Yeah. He, he's a he's an aggressive receiver, and him going to Philly, it's going to be pretty interesting. Carson Wentz is starting to click back into... Well, Carson Wentz is secretly having... He's playing better than he did last year before he got injured. Is yeah, he is, but that team the is just... not that good. They're, they're yeah. not that good. But, but Carson it's also Wentz the is, NFC East where you could probably go 6-10 and 10 and win the fucking division. Man. Right, I have no right. faith in the... In the <laughs> Washington in your, in team, whose giants. name I will not say. And here's one that is really pushing. Well, b- like, before we move on, I want to add in like uh, some people are angry because is Detroit going to win now because they traded for Snacks Harrison last week? 
Yeah. And then they trade away Golden Tate this week. But I really don't think they're comparable. Damon Harrison is on a four-year contract, second year of it. And the rest of the money's dead money. He's on a good deal, and he's an amazing defensive tackle. So that contract is helpful going forward. Golden Tate will be a free agency and free agent at the end of the year, and he wasn't going to resign there. So you might as well take what you get while you can. Right. He's right. also 30 years old, which is ancient for a wide receiver. Tate while you get. Amen, brother. Or Send Tate in. what you get. Um. Anyway. Uh, this is the one that is concerning for the NFC West, and that is going to be the Dante Fowler trade to mm-hmm. the Rams. I, I don't know. I don't know how the Rams have so much budget, but I'll say this: if they don't go to the Super Bowl and win this year with the with the defense that they have, and the offense yeah. is putting up big numbers, they're unstoppable. They're I mean. they're insane. Todd Gurley has a legit chance to break LaDainian Tomlinson's touchdown record this year. I mean, and not only that, Jared Goff is playing at an MVP level as well. Yeah. He's balling out. And I remember when he was first coming into the NFL, people people didn't like it. You know, people said, "Ah, oh, he's going to fucking suck. He's going to choke. He's going to bust." Were way, way, they were way shitting too quick on to him. Judge man, like. And you know, you throw him into a Jeff Fisher football team. What the fuck, dude? You I know can't, you can't. <laughs> base anything off of a Jeff Fisher football team because if there's a quarterback or uh, sorry sorry if there's a head coach that is notorious for some reason he's notorious for never doing anything with his teams besides beating the Seahawks maybe once or twice in a season yeah I don't know what caused this I think I call it the Michael Vick effect but people are just so impatient with their quarterbacks recently like Never forget, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for like two years before he started a game, all right? Like, rookies, it takes a long time to get used to NFL offense, and like, maybe they look shitty in their first year, especially if you have Jeff fucking Fisher. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh man. So, like, yeah, like, Pat Mahomes didn't start his rookie year either, all right? Like, you got to calm No, he, ra- he rode the bench, Just and I think that, that paid off in the long run. I yeah. think when you throw these, these brand-new quarterbacks into the game, like young quarterbacks that are ma- trying to make the transition from college to NFL, they're not going to perform the way that you, know, you would expect. Yeah, yeah sure, there's, there's you know, the diamonds in the rough, but when it comes to it, not every first-round quarterback is going to be a pro bowl quarterback in their first year and people have no patience for it. And it sucks for people like Sam Darnold who get drafted by the jets, another shitty team. And they expect him to like lead them to the playoffs in their, in their first year or, and then all their fans are just going to start shitting on. Well, the, the Darnold looked amazing in weeks two and three, and then he's just come back to earth as a rookie quarterback now, you know, but you know, the guy, but, the guy is going to, he's going to morph into an NFL. Yeah. He, he's going to be, be just like Jared him. Goff. Yeah. You know, and he's good under pressure when he learns the yeah. pressure. For example, when, when his USC team came here, to Washington in 2016 and stunned the Huskies at home in that, you know, Pac-12 after dark game, you could see that he was super poised and he had a lot of patience in the pocket, even with it collapsing on him. And he was able to find his receivers while, you know, being able to adjust to the game. And the Huskies played an aggressive, they were super aggressive. They picked him off, but he ultimately won that game for him through his patience and his ability to sense the pressure and morph into that environment. But the problem is, is you throw him into an NFL 
like right in the middle of an NFL game as the youngest quarterback to start, I believe. Yeah. And he wasn't even 21 years old yet. It's like, what do you think is going to happen? He's not going to perform yeah. the the fucking greatest game of his life. But with that being said, he's going to he's going to be a great quarterback somewhere down the line. And Demarius Thomas just got traded from, you know, <clears throat> from the Broncos. Mhm. To Houston, so that's going to be pretty interesting. Seeing him work with Deshaun Watson, yeah, he should take over that Will Fuller role, though he's not the yeah, speed demon that Will Fuller is. But it sucks to see Will Fuller go out because he's a fun player to watch. Well, and Watson, Deshaun Watson, love passing, just heaving yes. the ball downfield to him, you know. Yes, and but that's that's the dynamic duo they got there with um, what's his name? Oh God, the fucking All Pro. What? Uh, Wide receiver, Houston, help me out. Oh, oh, uh, Hopkins. Thank you, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. Yeah, and Demarius Thomas. That's that's a pretty dynamic crew they got going on. There. It's gonna yeah. keep. It's gonna keep a lot of. It's gonna keep a lot of double coverages on either or, and it's gonna open one of them up for explosive. Yeah, plays. if that offensive line can keep Watson Watson safe. upright. Yeah. Never and, forget, he had to take a bus because he was too fragile to fly on a plane because he's got hit so many times. Sucks. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson, another great quarterback. It sucked to see him go down last year. Yeah. You know, after that shootout here in Seattle, it was I was excited to watch him play the rest of the year. You know, you, you get to tune in on Sunday, watch him play. They're probably going to give him flex some more primetime games. Yeah. Had he not been hurt. I'm just, I'm happy for the tech. Like they've been around since 2002. This is the first legit exciting quarterback they've had in all that time. You know. Yeah. I, I agree because they've David had like our years and yeah they, all the rest. Oh boy, they've had some bad quarterback. Brock Osweiler, never forget. <laughs> never forget. I can't believe right. the whole uh, Brock Osweiler hype. The whole you know playing a good game in in Miami and all of a sudden it's it's Brocktober on ESPN. <laughs> it's like get the fuck out of here. The guy the guy he sucks. He's a, he's not it's, a good quarterback. The and thing he's is, never like, going to do anything with any team. I feel like fans underestimate how much scheming goes in week to week. So like if you have a certain type of quarterback and then he gets injured and you have a guy with a completely different skill set come in, they're always going to look good in that game if they have any talent at all because like the defense hasn't prepared for them, you know? It's the Matt Flynn effect. It's the fucking Nick Foles effect. Like if you like I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks, but Michael Kendricks put it perfectly like Nick Foles throws the ball at slightly higher arc and lofts it a little bit more than anyone else. So you got to time your jumps. People aren't used to it. If you're not used to seeing this guy on film, you're not going to be as good against him, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, stop overreacting to these small sample sizes, you know? (laughs) And speaking of Michael Kendricks, they just announced the other day that he'll be eligible to play in week 14. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. He'll be back when Seattle plays Minnesota on Monday Night Football, I believe, (laughs) here in Seattle. I can't gonna be a real hoot you know and i think with isn't that, he going to jail <laughs> well it's, we're gonna find out in or in january prison okay but you think about that what if you know what if he doesn't go to jail he's gonna be on the seahawks mm-hmm. they're probably gonna re-sign him why wouldn't they yeah. re-sign him and then put him like probably try to make him a, a defensive end if well, kj Wright holds the- up his if kj Wright holds up his health we also have mingo and yeah. the guy, you know, the guy held his own throughout the whole KJ Wright. I think that's why they didn't rush him to come back into play when yeah. he wasn't ready. And that's going to ultimately be like the Seahawks' big push 
to make the, the postseason. I mean, personally, I want to see both the Griffin brothers starting because that's just a fun story. But <clears throat> it's, it's a fun story. And they both started, you know, week one. Yes. And Griffin, again, was adjusting to the NFL. Well, it's a I mean, faster It's got to be hard game. when you only have the one hand. I mean, I mean you, I, I'm not going to write off the one hand as an excuse. I'm going to write it off as starting a rookie at the linebacker position and yeah. having to deal with, you know, an offense like Denver's where they run the ball and they have good running backs. Philip Lindsay, he's performing at a at a Pro Bowl rate, and then Royce Freeman is also a good running back as well. And I think they're a good little tandem they have. And you know, Case Keenum, he can perform or he can underperform, but they're not a bad. They're not really a bad offense. But anyway, moving on from the Broncos, let's talk about Green Bay. So, did you see that they traded Ty Montgomery and Ha Ha Clinton Dix? Yes. In the, uh, well, I mean, so Ty Montgomery. That was very much a revenge trade because when he brought that ball out of the end zone and then fumbled it, I guarantee you Mike McCarthy told him, do not bring this ball out of the end zone because there was absolutely no reason to. Why would you not let Aaron Rodgers try and win you the game? It's what he fucking does. Starting from the 20-yard line Exactly, 25. 25-yard line, right. So, like, yeah, he he clearly didn't listen to his special teams coach and got traded because of it, you know? And that was, yeah, it's, it's, it's a grudge trade because they traded him for... Like a fifth or a seventh round in the seventh seventh round in the twenty twenty draft, and then I don't know why they would trade Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Well, he's another one who hasn't played that well, but is living off his Alabama reputation. Man, I I'll have to disagree with you on that one. He's one of the top rated safeties in the league, and his numbers are they're pretty. He's he's a a solid safety. He's one of the best. Uh, I mean, in the league statistically at the moment, but they traded him. And I just don't know why they would do that. I don't see what the, what the motive was behind that, but they traded him to the Redskins. Yeah. And I think that's going to be interesting because I feel like the Redskins are built slowly building up a, a high caliber defense. I just don't trust them. They don't have any quality wins. Let me get their schedule open here. But they, like I said, they barely beat the Giants last week, and you can't score twenty points and continually expect to win. Like they're five and two, sure, but that is a very soft five and two. Let's see here. Their wins. Well, they beat Green Bay in Week Three, so that was a good win. Other than that, it's Arizona, Dallas, New York. So, and then they beat Carolina. That was also a nice. That's win a pretty them. big win. But they got. Crushed by Indianapolis and New Orleans, so you know. But they hey, got man, the Falcons New Orleans is one hell, of a, one hell of a we'll team. The, well, I think yeah. they're. I think they're going to beat um, Atlanta. You I don't think? think. I don't think Atlanta. I think Atlanta's is, turning around, man. They're I don't on think they're. Streak. I don't think they're that. Too, I don't think they're. They're going to be the NFC South. That's a the deep playoff team. Cream of the crap. I don't even know if they're going to make it, my friend. But I'll say this: something that along. Um, did you see that Terrell Pryor? You saw Terrell Pryor was Got, released yeah, by the then, Jets yeah. and then picked up by the Bills. Yeah, we didn't mention the Saints trading. Speaking of the Saints, for Eli Apple. Oh right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Mean sure, Eli Apple's been a totally solid number two corner behind Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins, but he's a locker room cancer. Landon Collins, not known for being the greatest character guy, called him that. So you know. And I know they said they gave him a fresh start, but, I mean, the Giants are crumbling from the inside out, so let's get those guys out of there. Yeah. He was first-round pick, not really worth it, but that was the Jerry Reese years, and most of his first-round picks weren't worth it. I think they I think they started him against uh, Minnesota I on think Sunday they did, night. Yeah. Or, like, that Sunday night that they 
they um, his first game with the Saints. Yeah. Um, he he did pretty well. I mean, well. if they can get anything out of that defense, because the way I see it, there's four teams who are clearly better than everyone else. It's the Chiefs and the Patriots and then the Rams and the Saints. So those are going to be your championship games unless something weird happens, you know? Yeah. I don't think anyone else is coming close to them. So if, like, the Drew Patriots Brees is have, having... Patriots is, have such a soft division. You know I, know, I guess you could say the same thing about the Rams because they have, you know, the Seahawks team that's slowly finding their stride. You have Arizona, and then you have the 49ers. Yeah, and which the, none of none of the other teams in the NFC West are really top notch. So mm. the LA Rams are still in a, I guess you could call it a shit division. Oh, totally. But when when these NFC West teams do play each other, they they always seem to have yeah like a, a high caliber game. Remember when the Rams came here, it was a it was a shootout. You know, yeah. and the defense for for the Rams was kind of confused by. The Seahawks offense. Yeah. And you can see it when they're starting to develop more and more with Schottenheimer and bringing in Russell Wilson as more of a passer instead of our running back like last season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it's never a good sign when your quarterback has the most rushing yards on your team. But the, I mean, Ra- but the Rams yeah. are in a, in a soft division as well. Yeah. And the Patriots division, don't even get me started. The Patriots also have such a crazy distinct coaching advantage. Like, you yeah. know, they started Corderell Patterson at running back last game. Like, nobody saw that coming, you know? Like, they're not even throwing to Gronk, probably because he's 100 years old and they don't want to injure him. But you watch Patriot games and they nobody game plans like they do, you know? And, like, they're like, they, like, mess with people, you know? Like, that last game they didn't want to show anything, so they played the world's most vanilla offense and barely pulled out a win. Like, Belichick could have beaten those guys by 50 points. Like... It's just an unfair advantage they have, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, the Bills are the Bills. They fucking suck. Do you see that uh, they named Nathan Peterman as starting this week over oh. Derek Anderson? <laughs> oh, my God. That's a yeah. problem. Another problem with with rookie quarterbacks. Not, I'm not saying Nathan Peterman's a rookie, but Josh Allen. Yeah. They're throwing him right into the role. Well, he's injured. I know that. Yeah. But they threw him right in the role of... Take this shitty team, <laughs> take this shitty team and make us good. And yeah. then Josh Allen's like, what the fuck, dude? You know, he's getting just annihilated in the backfield and now he's hurt. But then you got hit, your backup plan is Nathan Peterman. I know. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That guy threw, what was it, five interceptions in one in half? Yeah. In one half last year? Yep. What yep, a yep, goof. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Speaking of like, un, like, Unknown quarterbacks. Did you see the 49ers quarterback on Thursday Night Football? I mean, I didn't watch it. It was against the Raiders. It so, was against the Raiders. Uh, take so, it yeah, with you, a grain of salt, but yeah. Exactly. But yeah, he coming out, well. he your, first well, showing, yeah. your first showing, you have 151 passers. I'm bummed pass about rate. that Garoppolo injury, man, because he was lighting it up last year. And I know they didn't get off to the hottest start, but, man, I had faith. I, they probably would have turned around had Garoppolo not been hurt. I had faith in Jimmy G. Drafted and him as my fantasy quarterback. Not to mention, they're still dealing with Russell, or not Russell, sorry, with Richard Sherman, and he's not fully healthy. Yeah. You can yeah. tell because <clears throat> they're, he's not producing his Seattle numbers. Oh, wow. And they rushed him into that starting position. Yeah. Having been his injury last year, tearing your Achilles is not something that you bounce back from like next season. You know, you, you got to take 
more time yeah. than that. You got to take probably halfway through the season would be the time to put him in there as a starter. They got some good playmakers on that team. That defense is young and hungry. George Kittle is a revelation. I mean, I feel, and then like, yeah, Jimmy G injury sucks, but to get a better draft pick next year and try again, you know. So there you go. Yeah, they're also blowing through their budget. I mean, they paid yeah. uh, Cook, the running back who tore his ACL. I, you mean I McKinnon? Or McKinnon, yeah. sorry. They they paid him an absurd amount of money when he already got hurt in Minnesota know. the you know, the season prior. Um here you are losing your quarterback, losing your running back, and you spent two hundred million combined with each of those. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit. And then you're throwing fourteen million at Richard Sherman. Like But that's a one year deal, right? A one year deal. Yeah, so they're done with it. End of the year. And well, oh, no, 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 it's not a one year deal. It's not, not a one year deal for him. I, I can't remember how long his deal is with them, but it's not a one year. I know that. But I think that the Patriots are going to obviously host the playoffs in Foxborough. And I just can't think of a team that could go into Foxborough in the AFC and be able to take that take the crown from them. I don't want to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl again because I've seen enough of that. But that's nowhere short of saying that Tom Brady can't can't go to the Super Bowl again and possibly win another one this season. But I don't want to write off the Chiefs, but the Chiefs never really produce in the playoffs. It's, like, we went over this before. It's a, it's, yeah, we did. So Andy Reid, time management don't go together. It's right? not quite we're writing them off. It's just we're going to see how it goes come playoff times with the Chiefs. And also they're going to play They're going to play the Rams here coming up soon in Mexico City, mm-hmm. and that's going to be an interesting matchup because I think the Rams' defense is slowly starting to – they're having issues, and you could tell against Green yeah. Bay. You could tell against Seattle. They're having issues uh, adjusting to, like, how should I say, dynamic offenses, yeah. like stopping the run and stopping the pass. They're good at stopping either or, but when you have a team that's pretty consistent at doing both, they seem to they seem to give up a lot of yards and a lot of points. Well, their defense is not great, and you know it because they tried to trade for Earl Thomas, and then reports came out last week they tried to trade for Landon Collins too, but... The Giants would have been stupid to give up on Landon Collins. He's a fucking all pro and he's not that old. So. Yeah, Landon Collins is Yeah, I yeah. just I like they're a high powered passing attack, but their defense is terrible. They got a young quarterback, and if they have to go into fucking Gillette Stadium in January, it, it, the cold weather game is just so different and they're not built for it. And I I I, they, I, I just see the Patriots going all the way again and there's have, no have the you know, have the Chiefs, you know, Probably go thirteen and three or something, something rather in their record. Mm-hmm. They could probably host the playoffs yeah. at Arrowhead. But the problem is, is it's just like what we've talked about before. We just mentioned it. They don't produce in the playoffs. No. But then again, we've never seen Mahomes in the playoffs. We'll see how it goes. And he is. I mean, maybe they can build up a forty-point lead, and Andy Reid can't blow it with his terrible time management because <laughs> there's not enough time. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm excited to see where that goes. You know, I'm excited to see where that, you know, where those games go. And they had a great game on Sunday Night Football when there was like 80-some combined points. 
Yeah. But we'll see come playoff time. I don't want to say anything about the Chiefs without knowing what they're like in the playoffs with this defense that they have now, which isn't very good. And then you have Mahomes with that Mm -hmm. with the offense, which is very, very good. And the thing about the Rams is their defense may not be good, but the the problem with other teams is every time their offense gets the ball, they're putting up points. Yeah, they're unstoppable. It's crazy. And Sean McVay's a genius, and he's fucking younger than me, which makes me question my <laughs> whole life. You know. And so the Seahawks dropped Brendan Marshall. I'm they sure you saw him? they oh, dropped him. Just couldn't keep up with the young guys. He wasn't producing much on special teams. He was he was looking like he was going to have a pretty good season in the preseason, but. Then again, you bring out those guys who are hungry to play, who want that, you know. Yeah. Brendan Marshall, I'm not writing him off. He's a great player, but he's had his time. You're getting guys that are young like David Moore yeah. who are coming in and they want to they want to show why they why they're on the team. Brandon Marshall also has always had like a little bit of the Zach Grinky effect where like he's a bit of an intellectual and he has hobbies and passions outside of football which means the rest of the team is always going to question your drive when football isn't literally your everything and it probably makes you a better more round well-rounded person who will definitely survive better in life after football but it's just not the professional sports environment you know yeah all right we're at about 26 minutes um let's uh i just want to real quick give our Let's not take too long on this, but who do you think the playoff teams are going to be? So I'll go first. It's going to be whoever wins the NFC East. My money's on the Eagles. Why not? Then I think it's going to be the, well, the the top two, obviously Rams and Saints. North division is going to be the Packers. So all of these two wildcard teams, I think it's going to be the Hawks and the Panthers. I don't have faith in the Lions or Chicago to continue on what they're doing. Chicago is not a bad team. Well, Mitchell Trubisky is a great fantasy quarterback, but he is awful in real life. <laughs> well, it's like we call Blake, it the Blake, it's like Bortles, Blake Bortles effect. effect. Yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly. Um, so, okay, as far as playoffs, I you know being a C, uh, you know Seahawks fan, I automatically want to say they're going to go to the playoffs. I say they squeeze in a wild card, but mm-hmm. they do have to go on the road, and it's not going to be pretty on the road in that you know. In the playoff season, the Seahawks aren't really as consistent as they are when they play in the playoffs at home. You know, have the have the Panthers come here and play, whole different story. Going to Carolina yeah. in a playoff atmosphere, the Seahawks have done that before, and it went horribly wrong. You know, you open up the game with a Luke Keekley pick six, and it's just yeah. like, whoops, <laughs> yeah. can we restart this game? Um but I say the Seahawks go. Obviously, the Rams take the division. Yeah. But I say the Seahawks will make the, the wild card. Mm-hmm. The Rams will have their bye week. I say the Redskins take that division. Okay. And, I'll, you know, obviously with the AFC East, we already know that the Patriots and um, yeah. Patriots will be on top, and so will Kansas City, mm-hmm. having, you know, having that they keep up their, their great play. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Steelers in the north and Texans in the south. The Texans are on like a Texans. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to say Texans go to the playoffs as well. You know, if Deshaun Watson stays healthy and Demarius Thomas can actually hold on to the ball instead of dropping it and or a little bit of salt on this one. 
catching the ball in the end zone with two feet instead of one <laughs> foot on the fucking out of bounds and <laughs> calling it a touchdown. Anyway, with that being said, the playoffs could get really interesting. And yeah. yes, I think I think Carolina will be going to the playoffs. Seahawks, Rams, and um, who from the North? Packers. Uh, that division is so open. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, <laughs> you kind of have to say the Packers. Yeah, you know, I want to say that the that Minnesota would probably take oh, that shit, division. I about Minnesota, <laughs> but or even you know, even, and, and the Saints as well. Let's not write off the Saints because they're in a different division. But I yeah. think they're going to go to the playoffs as well, and I think they're going to win their division. But Minnesota, I'm gonna ride with Green Bay. Just because of Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. I'm not the big. I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers cream fest, like everybody seems to be. But he's a great quarterback, and he could. I take mean, he's that amazing, and Mike McCarthy is a god awful coach. So, he sucks. Yeah. So the fact that Rodgers is able to do it, this in spite of that, is even more impressive. Yeah. All right. What do you think of AFC wildcard teams? For me, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers. I know yep. that they are. You know the bad news bears of the NFL. They still have yet to have some ridiculously terrible kicker event happen to them, which I'm sure is coming. <laughs> maybe but, Sunday. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. know. Maybe tomorrow against the Hawks. I'm gonna say them, and then one of the NFC North or AFC North teams. I'm gonna pick the Bengals because I have way more faith in their offense than a Joe Flacco led team. But that Baltimore defense is impressive. <laughs> they are. They're solid. But yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't trust Joe Flacco, but, I mean, Steelers, though. Free Lamar Jackson, that's all I'm going to say. What do you think about the Steelers? I think they're going to win the division, man. Like, they've, they've been on a roll. James Conner is doing James Conner things, and Le'Veon's coming back eventually. So then they're going to have the, the crazy backfield duo that's just unstoppable, you know. Yeah. Ben's rolling. <clears throat> Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown, you know. Juju's doing Juju stuff. It's, I mean, you can't stop him. Yeah. Their offensive line, by the way, gets way underrated. Like, you can't run like Le'Veon Bell and just wait three seconds if you don't have a really good offensive line. I yeah. mean, you know? <laughs> All right. I, I agree with you. I don't think the bungholes, I don't think they're going to do anything come near the end of the season. I don't think they're going to do anything as far as playoffs. I think as long as they have their head coach – they're not going to do anything yeah. ever. Yeah. And it's a shame that they they love having him on board because he's terrible. He fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> All right. Well, that seems like a good place to wrap. That was our NFL trade deadline recap plus our, plus our postseason our insights. predictions. Yes. Personal insights. All right. All right, folks. So just to wrap up, I looked into it, and Google is still accepting Project Stream applications. I included a link below in the description on top of that we have links for uh, Bouge's friend who had that horrific rodeo injury and um, our merch store that I mentioned in the front we should be posting the topics for our next episode in the next day or two so you can check that out on Facebook at facebook.com slash beefy boys you can also follow us on Instagram at beefy boys bud club or on Twitter at beefy underscore boys. Our website is beefyboys.com. And Vito should be back in town next week, so it should be back to a single 
long recorded episode. Lots of nice conversational flow, all right? Look forward to hearing from you guys soon, and see you next week.